0: Being around really good musicians raises your own game as well. Like being around any good something, you know, it rubs off on you and you want to be, sort of, you want to raise your game as well. An artist's uh, uh, job is to notice things, uh, which I quite like. It, it, it's vague enough, but it's also, it gives you some idea as to what artists do because they're not, artists don't, nothing happens in a void. You react to something something you've experienced, something that's happening, something you see.
1: I was Tim O'Donovan. This week on From the Maker to the Made podcast.
2: You are listening to From the Maker to the Made podcast.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. How's it all going? How you doing? How is lockdown day? Whatever the feck it is. Well, uh, there's signs of life, though. Here uh, in Ireland, we are looking like things are getting back to somewhat normality on Monday. Well, I say somewhat. There's a hesitant reopening of things. Hopefully it doesn't slide backwards and we all end up back locked down again. But, you know, this is this is where we're at at the moment. So hopefully you're doing well with it and doing okay and you're keeping safe and spending some quality time with your family and hopefully you get to see your family. Anyway, I digress. You're very welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Barry Power. From the Maker to the Made is my podcast. Every week I sit down with creatives and artists and talk about their personal process amongst other things on the show this week is tim o'donovan better known by his state name neo super vital is a multi-instrumentalist producer songwriter synth enthusiast he's a voiceover artist sound editor film composer much much more besides based in dublin where he runs his studio tim o'donovan sound he was bell ones tour drummer Opened for the likes of The Human League, Peter Hook, The Divine Comedy, Tom Veck. His two albums, 2006's Neo Super Vital and 2010's Battery Power. He's voice work for Cadbury's Guinness, Jameson and is also that friendly narrator on the RT show The Zoo. Most recently, he's just put out a charity single, You Are Not Alone. Great song, stunning accompanying video by graphic artist Nathan Hughes. Proceeds and donations uh, on the Facebook page will be going to Alone, the charity that helps older and vulnerable people in their home. So do yourself a favor, check out the link and go and uh, help some people. In the episode, we talked uh, Zoom, Jean-Michel Jarre, uh, Busy Drummers, as in playing busy, Alter egos, performance, overplaying, we talked effects, producing yourself, taking a break from music and giving you a new perspective, life in the coronavirus lockdown, new technology inspiring creativity, what what is an artist, how we perceive music, deadlines, restrictions, freedom of limitations, making your own samples, and what's your favourite, jam or marmalade? All will be revealed. The links, as usual, to Tim's socials and website, etc., is all in the show notes. You can find me at barrypowermusic.com, signing up for my mailing list there. Uh, if you'd like to support the p- making of the podcast, there's a Patreon page too, Patreon forward slash Power. Uh, yeah, some extra goodies in there as well. Um, some exclusive songs and content and stuff like that. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest or you know somebody who might be interested in talking about their experience as a creative maker of things, drop me an email from the maid at gmail.com and if you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it around, uh, commenting, liking, all that kind of cool stuff and a positive review if you're feeling very generous on iTunes really helps the visibility of the podcast, which means that it doesn't disappear down some algorithmic whole anyway check out the show notes all the links and relevant um info is there thanks again for listening here is neo super vital see you on the next one Tim O'Donovan. neo super vital you're very welcome to from the maker to the made podcast how are things man
0: good thank you barry um nice to meet you yeah uh, nice in, to well, be i was gonna say in real life but no not quite it's uh as is everyone discovering the joys of Zoom.
1: Yeah, it's um, really like it's opening a lot of doors that were previously closed, I think.
0: I haven't talked as much to my family in ever. I know. Uh, or to certain to certain friends of mine as well. It's just because uh, you kinda you make a a date to meet people maybe, you know, on Zoom and you actually have to talk. You can't just sit there mute and you yeah, have more interesting we had, conversations we had a
1: than you um Kind of Zoom sessions where we had like a friend of mine in Manhattan and another one in Dubai and another Brilliant. one in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> The one in Do Australia mean, uh, was like really put out because it was half one in the morning here and it was like half 12 in the afternoon.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. So it was drinking sessions, not music sessions. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Right. good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good to catch up. Yeah, I, we've been, uh, I drum in a band called Join Me in the Pines uh, and we're doing that very thing. Not necessarily Zoom, but filming ourselves and sending each other the the takes, and then compiling it and mixing it just for the crack.
1: And and how are you finding? Are you getting good? Um...
0: Oh, we, we did literally just. I just did drums for the first song today. It was just a test. It was a cover version just to see if we could actually sync it all up. And it's fine as long as there's a click at the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's nice to keep the drumming in. What what do you play in a band? In your uh, band? I play guitar. Alright.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, guitar and sing. And a little bit of keyboard and stuff. So but not uh uh-huh. I record on keys but I don't play them live.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. My my I can most easily play the guitar live. Uh and a smattering of keys. I just keep it fairly simple. That's actually something I'm trying to figure out how to present my stuff live again.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So what what is your what's your background? Tell us a little bit about you and where you're from and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, actually, I'm I'm fascinated how you even heard of me, but uh, I will tell you that I am from Dublin and I it's a big old question. Um, uh, I I started playing drums when I was a kid, when I was twelve. I remember making my own drumsticks and then uh, always. Music has been part of my brain, part of my makeup since as far as I can remember. And then first got to playing in bands only in my late teens, 20s, because I didn't know any other musicians. So I did a lot of home recording and drumming and did my 10,000 hours behind my own kit, I guess. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, just played in various bands always thought it'd be cool to make your one's own music, but I never quite figured it out until I plugged in synthesizers and keyboards and realized, well, I'd always loved them. But uh, I only I was only listening to an interview with uh, the king of synthesizers, Jean-Michel Jarre, yesterday. And um, the point was made that a lot of synth music is made by guys, solo guys or girls, but mainly guys, or maybe a duo at a push. Because you don't need, you can be everything. You don't need a yeah, full band yeah, set up. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it just suits certain people's personalities. It certainly always suited mine anyway. So uh, was so was like, it easy like, to jump then
1: from being a drummer to being like a an overall multi-instrumentalist?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always, I always, my favorite kind of drummers were drummers who played for the song. They're not like, uh, <laughs> as a musician friend of mine. Slags them, they call them sports drummers. You know, people who <laughs> yeah, just yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. I I hate busy drumming and oh, you know, fills for the sake of it. So um, I'm a fan of playing for the song. That's why I love drummers like Stevie Wonder, even like Lenny Kravitz. They're all playing for songs. That well, those two in particular for songs they actually wrote. So they can and on Helm from the band and stuff really just uh, they sing around the beat or vice versa, they can play around their vocals. Groovers, um, yeah. Yeah, groovers, yeah. Uh now having said that, that's nothing what I like what I do when I'm uh recording my own stuff because it's all pretty much to the grid and click. So uh I think it's hilarious. Actually I've only really recently after many years of threatening to uh uh use Ableton and I mean the the idea of Adding groove afterwards is quite hilarious to me, but it's 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 a thing as well. I mean, all the hip hop guys did it in the eighties and nineties on their MPCs because the MPC had a feel and a groove, you know. But it was yeah, machine, yeah, yeah. which I think is hilarious as well. But it's it's it just you know whatever works doesn't necessarily have to be human.
1: So when you're uh, writing, then do you, this? do you come from like do you, do you go like drums first and kind of groove based? Hmm. Is that where you'd come well, from? Well, sorry, you, when I, you start?
0: I I skipped out. I skipped out a bit because uh, I was drumming in bands and then I auditioned for Bellix One. They spotted me in a band and they needed a drummer because Paul, the singer, uh, was doing a Phil Collins and he wanted to be out front. Uh, and got the, the job. And that was my day job for six years, touring with those guys. And it was feckin' brilliant. But always on my own time, I was doing this thing called Neo Super Vital, which was, when I look back, it was this complete alter ego. I, I donned a disguise. This is 10 years ago now. I... Uh, and I cannot believe it's it's just weird, uh. But looking back, sorry, it's weird that it's that long ago and it seems like yesterday. But um, I you know I kind of put on shades, glasses, a suit, uh, shades and glasses. That's probably unnecessary. Um, was it easier uh, to write
1: in a kind of a, a kind of some? that was more the performing.
0: It was the performing that I I because I love. I mean, it's one thing I love doing is performing and i kind of come alive on the stage and obviously behind the kit you can only do so much you can twirl a stick or make make a smart ass comment if somebody gives you a microphone but uh when you're out front you can have a lot more fun and move around and engage with the audience and jump into the audience and stuff like that so uh, that was always a thing one half would be just making the electronic music on your own in your bedroom then the other half would be how to represent this live and i guess that's where i just didn't want to be the guy with the laptop uh, I didn't want to also be the guy. It's another obvious thing to do when you're on your own is just strap on an acoustic. Uh, because I didn't want to be that guy because there was plenty of them around. Uh, yeah. And there are now again. It's come around again. Ten years later, there's a lot of guys with acoustic guitars, and it's cool because I've started doing acoustic covers of my own stuff on, like my Instagram page, just for the crack. Because I it's almost like doing cover versions of somebody else's songs at this point. Yeah. Um And. Uh, yeah. Where was I going with that? Um, well, the
1: kind of the 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 persona. So so like that wasn't oh yeah, really persona, a consideration yeah. when you were writing, was it? That like, oh, definitely I'm, not. I'm going to write this because when I get out on stage, it's gonna like I'm gonna be able to. <laughs> so like you write from one yeah. place and kind of perform from another. Is that? Yeah, It'd and also fair. it's it's
0: a I guess it's it's a way of distancing yourself from any you know you might be expressing emotions or something like that. But you if you put on a mask, you can be removed from that, and uh, you can uh, you can probably let yourself away with things you wouldn't normally. I don't know. Um, I just I guess I was avoiding this earnestness of clo- earnestness of you know the closed eyes and the sweating over your acoustic kind of thing. Um, yeah, that
1: was that's pretty prominent in in acoustic music really
0: it is indeed uh and and again nothing against acoustics i love acoustic guitars i've been known to play one and often uh, the songs i write are written on acoustics because that's the kind of that's the instrument you have lying around the house Yeah, because I, I don't have a piano here so it you know when there's something available to you you just pick it up and start playing it and that's usually it's the one i'm most proficient on is the guitar so that's where a lot of the Tunes I wrote initially were coming from, uh, which is why it's fun to, you know, do covers of them on the acoustic again. I yeah, think. Nice I always that find still, that nice like when
1: that when drummers come to other instruments, they 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 tend to be better than instrumentalists going to the drums.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess rhythm is a kind of handy thing to have, and one would hope one has it when one is a drummer. And yeah as a guitarist I'm a strummer but I I it was always acoustic uh, it was always um rhythm guitar that I was most But yeah there's there's again. kind of
1: this rhythmic awareness that like drummers will bring yeah. to other other instruments that they don't Totally.
0: Yeah. And with bass guitar as well it's all just locking into the kick really for me and uh neither player getting in the way of each other uh and overplaying I think is 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 kind of what I try to do. The problem being when you're a Solo musician with 20 million synthesizers and presets and everything yeah. available to you is knowing where to stop and not throwing the kitchen sink at it, which is where I was only thinking about this earlier today. When I'm in a band situation, you know your place and you you slot into your little pigeonhole and everyone does their bit and nobody's it doesn't get over because usually it's down to, say, four people and you get four instruments. It depends on the band you're overdubs. in. <laughs> True. Okay, well, maybe you can speak to that differently, but I, uh, I just I was in a three-piece rock band there for a while that uh, kind of dissolved last year. It was great fun because I, I'd always wanted to be in a three-piece rock band. That's kind of one of my first bands when I was starting out was a three-piece instrumental band, and uh, you just it's raw, it's bare, and it's guitar-based drums, and maybe some vocals, and I quite like that. Unfortunately, when I get my hands on my own recordings, I tend to layer things an awful lot because I love dreamy soundscapes and a lot of phasing and delays and stuff. But the trick is always for me to strip it back as much as possible and leave space.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very difficult because like, you know, sonically, there's so much potential now.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and you're your own producer. I can see the role of a producer being sitting back with a, you know, like the Rick Rubens. He doesn't do anything except go try that or try this. He doesn't necessarily press the buttons, but he has the the taste to yeah. uh, maybe suggest things that you wouldn't because you're in it. Whereas he's objective. So, and pfft. do um, you find
1: it hard to produce yourself then?
0: Yeah, um, it's more just the conversations that I have in my head. Um, and I saw this thing on online the other day that the, the it's, I won't paraphrase it. It's the phases of um, sort of creation where it's, oh, this is a good idea. Oh, this is sounding good. This is shit. What was I thinking? I'm crap. This is crap. This is great. You go through this old cycle. and uh, that, Oh, yeah,
1: I, I, th- I think I read that. Yeah, yeah. It was, um,
0: it was, it was Ed O'Brien, on,
1: wasn't it, from, from Radiohead?
0: Oh, was it? Oh, that's probably where it came from. Yeah, okay. And yeah, and you have absolute self-doubt and everywhere in between. But when you're on your own, you have nobody to bounce it off. So it's all in your head and you have sleepless nights and... Yeah. walking oh, around with the dog, going, "What the fuck am I doing?" But, um, like I had that just last week because I. So anyway, I drummed for X one. Uh, then I decided not to after six years because I wanted to do something else and go get a quote-unquote real job, which I did. I transmutated into a um a uh a post production sound engineer, uh, and do and doing voiceovers as well, which was cool because you know, again, related to... Well, that's audio. that's very related
1: to what you're doing, yeah.
0: Totally, yeah. Yeah, and um, kind of, oh yeah, just Neo Super Vitals disappeared overnight. I'd had enough, and I kind of, I didn't touch a guitar for another five or six years. It was mad. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, it was almost, I was thinking back, and it took this long for it to sort of be okay again, to to want to make music. And now I absolutely love it again. But the difference being is, it's on my terms, in that I chose to make music this time. Where I was thinking, throughout my whole life up until my to the to the time I hung up my sticks and my recording. And was there uh, like
1: was there a reason in particular that you uh, stepped away from it? Do you know? Well, no. I just thinking back,
0: uh, was that um. it chose me from an early age so i never i never actually stood back going why do i make music do i want to make music i never even questioned it it was just oh i make music okay i must make music and it was just this i was going headlong into it all the time without taking any stock of it really mm. um, i i would say there's a, the lurch.
1: majority of musicians are like that it's like it's kind of institutionalized you know it's like totally it's, I it's, yeah it's, i do no good on the outside
0: know. Yeah, I'm like, what are you? I, I play music. I'm a musician. When did you become a musician? I've always been a musician. I don't know, and that's certainly for me. I've always just, I've been, I, I had never not been a musician. So I, I think underneath, underneath it, I wanted to try to not be a musician for a while. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, brave
1: though on a on a kind of a personal level because you know when people ask like ask you what you do, there's a certain like, oh yeah because you oh define musician, yourself whether of, you like it or not. So there's like this this kind of stepping away from. Who you are, in a way.
0: Totally. And you have to, that you've described it there, actually. uh, You have to figure out, okay, if I'm not a musician or I'm more than a musician, what the hell am I? So that took a while to figure out as well. Funny, I keep coming back to this decade thing, this 10-year thing, because it was just at the beginning of this year uh, I started. Because I downloaded Ableton countless times, but I never did anything with it. I was pro tools all the way because that's what I use in my day job. And then something clicked. I don't know what it was. I think I, it was drumming with them. Um, LX1 actually sort of opened the gate again because they had their anniversary gigs in Vicker Street a year and a half ago or two years ago. And they invited me along to some of the to a show to do a couple of tunes from the album that I played. Cool. On. They did a nice thing where they had they brought back a load of musicians from different albums who had collaborated mm. and. Blue blue lights on the runway was the album I recorded with them, and
1: uh, That's it was great such album, a blast. Yeah.
0: So, like from having not picked up a pair of sticks uh, for the best part of ten years to walk onto the Vicar Street stage to play a tunes in front of thousands of people was an interesting step up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. um, uh, that was interesting. So that kind of died down. Then I played what was it oh yes then dave from bell one invited me to play and join me in the pines his project uh, apart from bell one and um he it's it's been fantastic even just even musically because he's an excellent musician and he has a guy called marco bell on keys and Major on bass and they're all really accomplished musicians so i i remember the first rehearsal going in and going shit kind of speaking to what you're asking me earlier on like am I a musician? Like, these guys know their their stuff. One Mm. was a music teacher, the other guy's a session guy and a sound engineer. And you immediately start doubting yourself, but then I appear to have gotten away with it anyway. And (laughs) Being around really good musicians raises your own game as well. Like being around any good something, you know, it rubs off on you and you want to be sort of, you want to raise your game as well. And then last year, BellX1 were doing some summer shows and they invited me back for those because they are, at the moment, touring as a three piece with strings. It's a kind of reinterpretation of their back catalogue. But um, last year they had some more rock festival shows to play and they invited me back. And that was, again, from going to play, you know, the Upstairs in Whelan's to uh, the first gig was yeah, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Then the second one was like St. John's Castle. Oh, and the big top in Galway, like that's like 10,000 people. Uh, it's an interesting switch. It's an interesting switch when you're not doing it every day. Yeah. Uh, and
1: and to kind of come at it from a side, you know, you weren't really expecting it and to just have it like, well, I've kind of made peace with, yeah. you know, not being, you know, calling myself a musician to, you know.
0: Yeah. So then you start asking yourself, well, maybe I am a musician again. I don't know. But it's uh, like success
1: kind of comes when you don't really, expected you know or true true happen. and I think
0: I stopped trying just let things come to you and then you know take them on their merits and I don't say yes to everything but certainly I approach things with an open mind and I invariably say yes to things because who knows where these things can lead Um, be they professional or personal or whatever you know I'm always up for the adventure
1: yeah uh, but it's a, it sounds very anyway, much like you, you can approach it from your own terms now that's that's really cool. Yeah, not
0: like I it's not like I have control of everything but well actually being a solo musician you do have control yeah. and that's <laughs> probably something I like. But uh, I in the greater scheme of things I mean yes, uh y- y- it it's nice to be able to make the choice and say yeah, I'm I'm down for, for a bit of fun and creativity. So actually that th- those uh gigs and the join me in the Pine stuff I've been doing um Kind of spurred me on to make my own music, and it was but it was only literally probably the first week of January, just something went off on me. It wasn't like, Dear Diary, I must now make music. I just started opening up, uh, well, initially Pro Tools and realized I had everything at my disposal just to even just throw down uh, beats and loops and whatever, you know, without trying to make them into finished songs, you know, and, the, and then the songs.
1: world came along and gave you infinite amount of time to
0: do it yes this is it I mean I. It, this is also I mean I'd be I recently well just last year late last year went uh, freelance from my I was attached to a post-production house in Dublin for five and a half years called Raygun it was a great spot but it was just time to branch out on my own and set up my own studio here for I'm talking to you from and it was the best thing ever um and it couldn't be better suited to the times we're in at the moment. Um, I've had, a, thankfully, numerous approaches to do stuff remotely. Yeah, and I I'm think there'll, be, there'll be a I'm lot of music anyway. being
1: made now, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, but also, yeah, like voiceovers and stuff like that. Anything that requires not being there, but delivering good quality stuff, you know? Um, But uh, it was... Oh yeah, I got knocked out because uh, I caught a mild form of uh, the virus. So thankfully I didn't have the temperature or the... What was the other thing? Temperature or the lack of taste. and I had a cough, but it wasn't too bad. But it was on my back for like three weeks, uh, which is no energy. It's like somebody had taken my batteries out, my nine volts. Um, I was down to no volts. So it was just a case of not doing anything. But... You know, I had my guitar and my laptop in the bed. So I actually made my first song and it was on Ableton. I was watching. I had plenty of time to watch all the Ableton tutorials that I'd always not bothered to watch over the years. And I knew I'd love Ableton. I loved what it was made for, which is both live but also electronic music. Yeah, there's,
1: there's a great uh, live utility with it, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Still haven't figured out if I want to use it live because, again, it's the idea of having a laptop on stage. But um, it was a real learning curve because trying to take you, you say you'd use logic there. I mean, whatever. It's like, I don't know. Mac or PC or whatever, whatever suits your brain. Some things suit my brain better than others. But yeah. I deliberately just tried to get myself out of Pro Tools th- ways of thinking just to see. And it's it, it, funny when you burst out of a tunnel way of operating different synapses keep, start firing. Like, even deliberately, I, 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 I've I, been Apple for 20 years. I came across this plastic bag of all my old iPhones, and Jesus, the amount of money I've dropped. Uh, the and, cult of know,
1: Apple, yeah.
0: The cult of Apple, exactly. And, and I will say, I am recording my part of the conversation on a, a MacBook Pro. Me too. I wouldn't... And for, it really suits, but actually, I you know, there was a free upgrade, and I went for a... Uh, what do you call it, a not Apple phone, what do you call them? An
1: Android, Android. phone. Android,
0: Android. And I needed, I wanted to flush it down the toilet for the first two weeks I had it. I hadn't a clue what was going on, but actually I was almost like a challenge just to try and get my brain into different ways of thinking and by that sort of just shift a little bit of my
1: So uh, do you find that that kind of, you know, that, that spurs on your creativity then is giving yourself, yes. you know, willfully doing things you can't do or putting yourself in kind of weird Yeah, that was kind situation. of underneath it. I
0: said, why am I sticking with this? I could have just dropped a few quid on a new iPhone. Well, there was the element of they're fecking overpriced. But also, yes, I want the challenge. So that kind of led to Ableton. And um I just came up with a song. And actually, I'm releasing it or, you know, sharing it, whatever releasing is nowadays, with The World yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> and I just got a guy to do the video as well. Um So good timing on this front. Nice. Uh, It was the first song that I've written start to finish and completed on Ableton. Um, And obviously I have plenty to learn, but it was a real learning curve. And I've I've tried to be not too precious about the whole thing. um, Because as I'm sure you could attest to, um, having all the time and all the technology to hand... Can lead you down a rabbit hole that you never escape from. And yeah. When, so, is uh, fin- uh, when is something finished? The word "finished" seems. But to but if you're working
1: in post production, surely you know when something's finished, right?
0: <laughs> Precisely, and that yeah no well, it's because the money's run out or the client wants it on air tomorrow. Um right. So yeah, you so have deadlines to, uh, imp- really. almost Deadlines, absolutely, and you have to impose those on yourself. Also, I like restrictions. That's why I always loved White Stripes or something. He took a very small uh, little patch of musical of sonics and said what can I use what can I do in this very small box you know it's a guitar it's basic drums and some effects pedals and obviously his songwriting but I just love the idea of restrictions being placed on on yeah. oneself the, the, the
1: yeah the freedom of limitation
0: yes absolutely I mean you can have all the everything available to you you won't get anything done because it's, it's, it's uh, what is it, choice paralysis. You know that, where they did this study of jams, I think it was. Um, when people are presented with a whole wall of jams. As distinct, like not not like jam, varieties. like a musical
1: jam, but an actual no, preserve. No, actual de-
0: delicious conserves. Conserves? Yes. Um, so it's proven that uh, people don't make good choices or tend to... Uh, They'll always go for um, strawberry. Wow.
1: I'd always go for strawberry, that, I think.
0: Would you, really?
1: Yeah. I'm not it's really a marmalade kind of, like kind of person.
0: I was always a big black blackcurrant fan myself, and apricot yeah. is excellent too.
1: Blackcurrant's good. Apricot, yeah. Strawberry would be uh, my.
0: Raspberry, at a push.
1: If there was none left. Interesting. If there's no others okay. left, I'd go,
0: I'd go. At a push. And obviously, breakfast time—it's got to be just orange marmalade. Or am I speaking for you? Uh, no, like
1: I don't take on marmalade. Wow. You but I uh, yeah, I d- marmal- like I would—I'd uh, be pretty, pretty precise about my jam choices. I think.
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, how would you be with uh, the whole peanut butter and jam or jelly, as they say in America?
1: I've never tried it actually.
0: Oh, it's my favorite it's thing.
1: A, it's a good thing.
0: Oh, it is. Especially with a banana, like a banana sandwich with peanut butter and jam. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, well. Simple pleasures. But again, you know, each to their own. Who am I to say? Well, now I'm cooking,
1: from, <laughs> I'm cooking at home a lot more, so that could well be on the menu.
0: <laughs> it was also Elvis as well. He deep fried his banana sandwiches with peanut butter. And that's what he was eating when he fell off the toilet. Who was that? Elvis. Elvis was
1: eating deep fried...
2: Jam, banana sandwich. Oh, okay. Well,
0: peanut butter and banana. Yeah, when he when he died. Wow, that's but grim. I think the the fact that he was eating on the toilet might have maybe had something to do with it. That's the state oh, he was yeah. in.
1: How do we How do we get here?
0: <laughs> jam, jam. Choice, par- choice paralysis.
1: Choice paralysis. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. was was there an element of choice paralysis that meant that it was like? you know, took you, took you from 10 years to kind of get, I didn't want to say it took you a long time, but, um, it you know.
0: did. No, I think it was a mental switch. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't deliberate. It just happened that I needed that space. Yeah. I did actually, no, I I, I forget. I was in a duo called Buffalo Woman for a good four years, and that was my, reintroduction into production. So actually I've forgotten that, but I wasn't writing my own songs. I was collaborating and then a couple of songs came to me and I reproduced them as sort of electronic stuff with a guy called Neil Watkins, a very excellent uh, vocalist. So he was like the footman. I was just the, I was the Vince Clark to his Andy Bell or whatever. Uh, so, no, maybe he was more Alison Moyet. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so, Point being, I was in the background; it wasn't my thing. Uh, I was the the guy behind the the mixing desk kind of thing. So this is the first time I've come out front in in a decade, I guess, and it feels quite nice.
1: Uh, well, I was going to say for your own kind of stuff because you can you can write, you can produce, you can you can play everything. Do you know do you do you find that you want to have people coming in to work with to kind of go Oh, they nope. they just made hey, something cool and <laughs> no not for,
0: not for this you no know. no nope. nope. not right now I'm happy to be making music on my own yeah. uh, and it's kind of for better or for worse it's exactly what uh, was in my head when I thought of the song or imagined it and you don't have to kowtow this sounds quite control freaky and maybe it is but it, it's just for for the purposes of this project uh, you don't have to acquiesce to somebody else's wishes even if it's not necessarily what you would have done and I know there's great value in collaboration um but just for this project, I like that it's just me. Um, yeah, and will you will you have that then for, your... for
1: when the world returns and you you start performing it? Are you like kind of? Oh, It's on... just gonna be me because
0: I, I I I neo supervital transmogrified from being me way back into me and a guy called Vin dancing because he just he was an old school friend. He just hopped up on stage <laughs> unannounced one gig and he kind of stuck. And we travelled around and he was dancing Vin. And it was it was a real, <laughs> quite a visual thing because he was in a suit and glasses as well. So it was like two businessmen on stage with glasses, dancing and playing synths. So it was, you know, I remember being asked, I think, by somebody, and I could, took great offence at the time, but I'd happily be thought of as this now. Are you a comedy act? Uh, and uh, I thought, you know, that's, that's doing my music a great disservice but if I can bring laughs and maybe play some tunes that I think are good so be it you know Reggie Watts um, Reggie Watts the, yes Yeah. so he's actually he's James Corden's uh, house band now uh, music director but you he, know he in his own right he's a stand-up comedian and a bloody good singer and musician and he uses the the line six looper um, yes
1: yeah, yeah, I have Stage seen Act. some of his stuff yeah
0: yeah He's. I saw him in Whelan's and I, he's surreal brilliance he's fantastic but uh I I I think I've always I've always been gravitated towards um, music with a sense of humor as well. It doesn't doesn't mean it didn't mean anything anything less. But I like people who weren't too earnest uh, and could see the funny side or maybe not take themselves too seriously as well. I think yeah. that's kind of enter- that's what, I, that's what attracts me. You
1: know? Kind of an entertainment value as well. That it's like
2: not all. Well, about. yeah,
0: yeah. I know what I, what I like to. You have a pile a sm- a pile a pile to put on my space uh, um a smile put on my face <laughs> when I go to a show usually not like that like not like I want to be rolling in the aisles, but like you know a good bit of repartee doesn't go uh, yeah, d- d- yeah yeah doesn't do any harm
1: so just to kind of change things up a little bit would you uh would you recommend being an artist in the current climate like obviously you know when an artist when um you know when the lockdown is over and stuff how do you think about having a career as as somebody that makes things?
0: ooh well, interesting because uh I've been asking myself the question am I an artist? what is an artist and I don't think I ever allowed myself being an artist, even starting out I stumbled into music and figured out everything on my own kind of thing. I wasn't formally trained apart from a bit of uh piano lessons and stuff when I was a teenager but um uh think i never felt i was like i always thought oh shit I, I would have loved to go to art school to learn how to be an artist to not have to produce results at the end of it to just to do stuff for its own sake and I've, only recently i've let myself off the hook and just gone just throw anything at the canvas the canvas being ableton or pro tools and see what sticks and see what you like and not having to don't worry about it And I think not worrying about it allows me to think, oh, maybe I am an artist or certainly a musician who can make music that somebody might like. Uh, And funnily enough, it's funny when things like you have books on your shelf that never get read until they tap you on the shoulder and go, you might want to read me now. And it was a book that my aunt is an art teacher and she gave me this book two years ago uh, by this uh, famous artist, English artist called Grayson Perry, who I believe is doing online... Uh, art classes recently uh, oh, during cool. the, the lockdown um but it it's uh, it's called playing to the gallery and it's basically uh going lifting the lifting the lid on the art world because uh he admits himself as an artist in the art world that when he was starting out how uh off putting it was uh and how uh i guess um how how closed it was to the lay person and how uh, scary the art world can be, and just what is art, the nature of creativity, all those wonderful things that we ask ourselves every day. But he puts it in a very concise and witty way in a short book. Cool. And one of the things, I think, that jumped out, and weirdly, I was listening to Lauren Laverne, and she quoted from the same book yesterday morning, Cosmic. That, yeah, uh, I love yeah. when that happens. Um, And she quoted, what the quote that had jumped out at me as well, was an artist's... Uh, uh, job is to notice things uh, which I quite like it, it, it's vague enough but it's also it gives you some idea as to what artists do because they're not artists don't nothing happens in a void you react to something something you've experienced something that's happening something you see yeah um, be it music or visual or whatever kind of art you're in Um I, I often think about the Absolutely weird nature of music in particular because it's so it, not so it is intangible, unless you put your hand against a, a wobbling speaker, you can't touch music. Yeah, uh, and yet and yet it affects people in profound ways. It's just mind boggling. I could ruminate on that for hours.
1: <laughs> Ty- typical production engineers.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not just, hearing just the, the sound. <laughs> You're just moving atoms around the air. It's just pushing air around. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, you know, what your brain does to perceive that. The the hammer, anvil and the stirrup and the cochlea and everything going on in there. And it's like this mad setup in your inner ear with uh, fluid and little hairs that send electrical signals to one little part of your brain. They haven't a clue how it actually works. Yet we hear sound. It's just mad. But yeah, in
1: such a kind of like, it's such a complex arrangement of... You know, of atoms being moved, to know that that yeah, you can yes, perceive be... what they mean, in some way. Maybe not like in your mind, but in yeah, how you feel it. I suppose.
0: <laughs> well, I think it, it 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 bypasses the conscious, and it, 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 you don't need to know how the whole thing works in order to be uh, moved by it, which I think is the wonderful openness of sound and music. You know, you can hear a bird singing in a tree and go, "Wow, that's amazing!" Or the the sound of nature be it a tr- you know, trees rustling or whatever, and it just has this lovely effect on you. You're not wondering why. You're not even wondering, you know, you could look at the trees going, that's the sound of wind. No, it's not. Because wind doesn't make a noise until it hits something. So for, put, put all that to one side and just enjoy the music or the sound. And yeah. I think that's uh, incredible. You don't even have to open a book or go to an art gallery you, to enjoy sound because it's omnipresent.
1: Yeah, so like to kind of, to, you know make make whatever comes to you at the time from whatever Absolutely, that is yeah. yeah that's a hard it's 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 hard to get that concept across especially because like the more you uh engrain yourself in in music the more kind of you have it that it has to be this way and it has to be this yeah. way
0: yeah like for me i come from the like i love classic pop songwriting which is verse you know intro verse chorus verse middle eight Maybe a little breakdown and final chorus play out, kind of thing, which is very restricting and ridiculous. That's why I love, I'm trying to not do that. And also just the beauty of repetition and how frequencies can take the place of, or, you know, sonics can take the place of melody to create interest in a a song. Yeah. You know,
2: and and particularly now with filters,
1: you know, there's a whole palette of electronic stuff that's available to, to people. And even in terms mm. of like how you'd kind of EQ instruments could be, you could get really creative with that. Do you know? Absolutely,
0: and, yeah. And like the, the classic thing with the, like with dance music because it's so repetitive it, it, invariably because that's what works. But uh, the, the interest is kept with, you know, filter sweeps and just sonic messing uh, over a very basic, you know, either either kick drum pattern or synth pattern or something you know. it's a gross generalisation there's a lot more in, in intricate dance and electronic music out there but the idea that you can keep interest that doesn't have to be necessarily melodic um, but I come from things from a very classic pick up a guitar write a song school of songwriting so I guess I'm trying to unlearn that this time around as well So do you have While any keep, kind of
1: do you have anything that can help you get into that headspace of do you know Pushing, well, pushing, it. pushing it out creatively.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, listening to that type of music and not trying not to listen to the music that I've always listened to. That you know, you have your defaults. You go, oh, you're comfortable artists that you know you like, uh, and that's cool. Uh, but it's also with the advent of Spotify, everything's on your doorstep to in- investigate, and uh, I have. Not deliberately, but just my ear has been hungry for new sounds and different ways of approaching things. But I think I'll always kind of fall back on a decent chorus or something or a harmony or something tradi- traditional. Uh, but I, that said, I always I, like, uh, for example, w- I was never a huge fan of reggae, but it was dub reggae where they stripped the vocals out and it was just bass drums and and echo effects, really, mm. like King Tubby and and the the mad professor and the scientists, uh, uh, I just love the idea of ripping the sonics of a a piece of music apart. And you're just dropping in little nuggets of the original, uh, say, the chorus, or even just the chord change on an organ or a guitar. But then amplifying this ridiculous, like I love when um, they push the speaker, they push the fader almost like, the delay is popping out of the speakers above the song and then it gets drawn back in again these little sonic effects actually Mad Professor was meant to be playing um, uh, doing his Massive Attack versions in the Sugar Club in Dublin I think last week or the week before oh, right. that would have been amazing but uh, I don't know if you're familiar well with what he did to Massive Attacks uh, well I don't think it was a particular album what was it uh, oh yeah it was Protection he took Protection and ripped it apart Put and it back made like a dub version. Style. And it's it's like, yeah, like you think protection's pretty trippy sounding. I mean, listen to the Mad Professor's version and it's just mind-blowing if you're in the right headspace.
1: Yeah, cool, cool. Deadly. So so when
0: you... Do you, do you mind me asking, like, when, how do you? Because I'm always interested... Well, first of all, I, I've never asked these questions, so it's interesting when you're talking about something you do, you learn about, oh yeah, that's what I do. Uh, but how do you approach songwriting
1: um yeah that's a good question uh i i suppose i have i have the usual tropes of songwriting that that i'll fall back on that i try and get out of um because i because i think of myself as a guitar player i'll always Mm -hmm. come to the guitar first and even before yes kind of singing and and that and i'll write melodies on guitar and stuff so I find it to, to try and push myself out of that, I'll write on piano or, mm. God forbid, I'll try and program drums, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and get some okay. sort of groove going that way. Um, and I'd love to mm. be better at approaching things from, you know, because I know how to play the guitar more or less, I'll find that I'll do mm. the same things on it all the time. Like you were saying about coming back to you. an yeah. artist that that you like, you know, you'll, you'll just go, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a safety, it's a safe zone, and you feel comfortable there. But and there's nothing wrong with it. But it's sometimes nice to push it in another way and see what happens. Yeah. So I think, I think I think
1: getting on an instrument that you that you don't kind of necessarily say that you can play. I think that's a good start. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's a good good start for me creatively. I don't know if it's a good start for <laughs> yeah. people to listen to. Um, trying to like write vocal melodies without having any instrument.
0: I think is a good ah good okay one. interesting
1: um and then like i suppose for for kind of lyrics and things like that mm, that kind that's of writing my downfall. um well i tend to write you know as i cuz i've talked to a lot of people about this so is, you know yes, a nice of byproduct of the, what of what the have hot... you learned
0: tell me tell me what you've learned
1: um well what the main thing actually that most people have said is write and i know this sounds really like of course it's just writing but um yeah if you can start with a full page and edit that you might get one or two good lines rather than sitting there waiting uh-huh. for one or two good lines to come to you so you just write oh, a load yes, of rubbish really good, yeah and give yourself three pages and say i'm just gonna write and even if it's like i'm sitting Gosh. here writing the wall is blue, whatever. And you get three pages, and then you come back and edit through it, and then. Uh,
0: so you throw enough shit at the wall, and something sticks.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 easier to edit from a lot of things than to yeah 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 to try and like. I suppose it's kind of like carving out from the marble. You know, you have a big lump of stone, and just go at it, <clears throat> rather than going. I have to say uh, the idea. I of have hammer- to find the perfect stone. Yes. You know.
0: Yeah. 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 So and that's that's I think that's a really freeing approach, and that's a lovely way to look at it. And perfection is the uh, the enemy of creation. Uh, actually, one of the guys in tr- in charge of I don't know if it was the World Health Organization or somebody involved with the pandemic, uh, the fight against the pandemic was saying that you know you can plan all you want, but sometimes action is the best thing to get the ball rolling at the very least. And you will make mistakes, but at least you've done something. To react against or you have something to work on or add to. Yeah. So I love that idea of yeah, three yeah. pages of shite.
1: Yeah, I think and and then to just sit down and do it rather than you know, I must write a song now. It's like mm. I just threw down a track and I'll get a song out of it because it started and it's it's already there. Yeah. Rather than going, What that was my approach. What this plug-in time do I need yeah. now? To you know it's it's easy to get lost yeah, in, I deliberately... in the weeds.
0: Totally. Yeah. But I I, th- I think I just I, I downloaded a it was like a Juno 60 uh, emulation because I love old synths, but I, I don't have room nor money for a real Juno right now. Um, but even just that, because I love how particular sounds can suggest a way you'll go with um, your song or your possibly even your lyrics or something like that or a Sometimes an effect will suggest something as well. Yeah. But actually, yeah. I was just thinking you mentioned you mentioned lyrics, and uh, sometimes going well. Why don't I love instrumental music? My first album was Jean Michel Jarre, Essential, or was it Oxygen? Something like that. Um, you know the French dude. The, uh, yeah, that's he's a very famous. That's a
1: cool first album to have. You know.
0: <laughs> well, I, I obviously it 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 just grabbed my ear when I was. Five or something. I don't know what, but I remember going off to Metro Music with my own pocket money with my dad to buy that album. So I obviously needed synths in my that's life. That's cool,
1: yeah. Age. Mine was um, uh, Monty Python Sings. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but just because I was, oh, wow. I remember being sick one time and, and I saw um, uh, the Holy Grail and that scene where yeah, oh. he gets like his arms and legs cut off, you know, the night.
0: Were you allowed to watch that? Probably, probably
1: not, but you know, it was, it was the 80s and I'm going to the video shop. And uh, whatever <laughs> Eric was, Idle was wrote songs, songs in it. And I, I came across the tape of Monty Python Sings. And all the songs were like wildly inappropriate for it.
0: Did you have the, the, the Universe song? Um, it had the Universe song, this? yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. 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 And I had like
1: the penis song
0: and... Oh, wow, I'm not familiar with that. I must the Lumberjack
1: them. song. There was a... Uh, yes, yeah. yes. I felt yes, like yes, a, no. <laughs> yeah, a cross-dressing Lumberjack. Which I didn't realise at the time, you know, there was anything strange about that. No,
0: no, you see, you know, it was society uh, taught you to, to to question that. You were cool with it. But like
1: Jean-Michel Jarre, that's like, that's way cooler.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I found a podcast of his... Just yesterday, I was I just binged the whole thing. You know, Matt Berry, he was from the you know the IT crowd, and and you know, to, toast of London, uh, and he is. It's just a series of interviews with Jean Michel Jarre in his studio, because Matt Berry is a musician as well, so he knows his shit, and it was fascinating. And one of the things because he was explaining, speaking of Sonics, how he got this like very famous. Synth sound that was pretty much made his name all, all over his first album. But he was explaining that it was just a very basic, uh Dutch almost farfisa like organ. And then he said, and then I put the uh the chorus on it, so it fattened it up, then I extended the delay and it was nice, but not nice enough. And um he said back in the day they were nicking ideas from his big fan of Jimi Hendrix and stuff. So the small stone uh phaser, Are you familiar with uh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's like the Holy Grail, I know there's a Holy Grail pedal, but the small stone <laughs> is the Holy grail of of phasers, yeah, and he's saying so I just thought I'd put guitar effects on my uh shitty little organ. And then the main thing was that all of the dry signal on on his album on his debut album is on the left and all the delay is on the right, so it just makes it massive. and it's a classic guitar effects uh um trick to widen guitars without adding yeah. more guitars. And yeah, actually, now this.
1: that you mention that, um, some of my own music, we were we were recording some guitars and one of the references was Led Zeppelin. And uh, yeah. when we were referencing it, the guitar was in the right and the reverb was over in the left, yeah. like in a tiny corner. And it's like,
2: that's the it's coolest so idea weird. ever.
1: It's like painting with sounds.
0: Yeah, plus you think your brain... I think your brain thinks it was it's much bigger than it was. Or you, you know, you thought it was this massive wall of sound, but it's actually just one guitar really well placed in the mix. Um, like the first Van Halen album is that too. It's just like the drums are on one side almost. It's, it's something weird about the mixing in it. It's almost to a bad degree. It, it, when you listen back, it's a bit 80s, but it just really works. Yeah. It's just yeah, guitar-based yeah. drums and whatever echo or reverb they had on it. And that's it. Um. But yeah, I just love the the, the little sneaks, sneak peeks behind the curtain. And he's, you know, the fact that he wasn't using this multi-million dollar synth. He was using uh, a shitty little organ uh, that he still has in the studio, which I love. And just adding his very personal version of effects to make it his own sound. And it just, it just works. I love yeah, that uniqueness. I, I love shitty, I, I love wonkiness in music as well. I, love, yeah. I hate super slick. I hate super slick, clean, perfect production. I love there to be a bit of clash or out of tuneness or even the way synths wobble when they're analog you know
1: a bit of humanity yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely well now we have you know you can put the wobble back in digitally but whatever <laughs> it is my ear just digital humanity it gets yeah yeah like that's what it caught in my ear about airs early albums as well it was just like this slightly lo-fi but trippy 60s psychedelic synth just, and then lovely melodies on top. Um, And very little in the line of lyrics. That's what I love about Daft Punk. They just choose a top line and repeat it.
2: Yeah. And that just becomes the
0: mantra for the whole song. And then, like I was saying earlier, it's the sonics that keep your interest. Yeah. Just the idea of not having to go verse, chorus, middle eight.
1: So um, you mentioned uh, Grayson Grayson Perry's book. Um, Is there anything? Yes, yes. Just to, uh, just to finish up, I've kind of asked everybody um, this and I've got some great, I'm going to put together like a library of, of stuff. So, um, is there anything that has been particularly influential for you? Any books, albums, um, any websites, any people at the moment that you can recommend, you know, go check out?
0: Go. <laughs> okay. First one, uh, because I just started using Ableton, and it's this producer guy, but he's a puppet uh, on YouTube called Reed Stefan, Reed Stefan, or and, and uh, he um, just set me on the right path for Ableton because I was a newbie and. He just deep dives into how to get great vocal sounds, how to use certain, you know, plugins and little tricks and stuff like that. And I'm still learning. Like I, I think the day you stop learning is the day you you keel over and die, I think. But um so he's good. Uh well, as I mentioned, uh like my I'm I'm sort of it's almost like i I'm absorbing my earliest influences, but actually going, Why did I like them? Which is Jean Michel Jarre. Um, and I loved his European approach, because uh, I think he said like, uh, like at the time everyone wanted a Moog, the big fat sounds of the Hammond or the Moog, but he had a much more much greater liking for the European synthesizers and organs, which are like, lo- excuse me, <laughs> sorry, my dog's coughing. <laughs> um, the, the synthesizers uh, that were more thin sounding and sort of, uh. And he made the good point that they sit better in a mix because they don't take up so much sonic space. So that was a real and just a nice little eye opener or ear opener for me. Because sometimes the big fat Moog sound, while it sounds amazing on its own, can overtake a whole mix. Yeah, it's it's
1: just wildly dense. (laughs)
0: Like I always remember growing up trying to get the huge drum sound I got, like while recording myself in my bedroom. And I was like, why do my drums sound so incredibly huge? And I realised, aha, because there's nothing else with them, and they're can be completely compressed by the tape recorder, which is kind of a drum sound I've always gravitated back towards. You know, that big drums in a room wallop. Yeah and the only s- I think I was I was gonna say modern but recent band uh that really nailed that sound uh was John, John Spencer Blues explosion for me, because it was just like distorted in your gut drums. Uh, and I, I actually loved his playing because it was like he played break hip hop break beats, Russell Simmons on the drum kit uh, on a very tiny drum kit, and I just love that minimalism. So, you asked me other things. Uh, well, yeah, Grace and Perry for sure, because this just popped out of my bookshelf, and like what is art, how to appreciate art, and not to be worried about not understanding art because nobody else does. It's all a fallacy. It's like money, mm-hmm. you know. Everyone agrees. That oh that's worth something so it must be because everyone or enough of people agree on it yeah uh, uh, what else um, just the the world around me actually uh, here's a an app I discovered um you know you're uh, oh yeah so there's also like the diary of a song on New York Times YouTube and other things where they dissect a song song exploder as well is great oh, yeah song exploder So, same idea. They just dissect a song and um, it's always fascinating to see how people come up with it. But the amount of times recently people go, I had this idea and I sang it into my phone. Uh, And not only that, now people are not even using that as a demo, but they're using it as part of their song. They just, the bit that they sang or the bit... um, Yeah, that's wild, isn't uh,
1: it?
0: Billy Billy Eilish and her brother, uh, uh, Phineas, Phineas, Finnegan? Phineas. Yeah. um, He he was saying that... uh, the hi-hats in one of her big hits. I'm not super familiar with her stuff, but I was more interested in how they got it. Uh, he was in Australia and there, actually I noticed Australian crosswalk signs uh, or blips are the same as Dublin ones. You go, so he thought he's he recorded on his phone and used the 16th of the as the hi-hats in a chorus. And it really works once he points it out to you. You go, oh yeah. And that wouldn't work with just But that's the, that's the type of thing. Those, else.
1: They're kind of like little musical presents. Do you know? You could be, exactly. you could be in the shop like and I you was,
0: go, oh, yeah. I
1: remember where that's from.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I was out last night and this klaxon started blaring. I was walking my dog, uh, who is lying on my feet now, um, out in the civic offices here in Dublin City. Because that's the only green space near me. And uh, this big klaxon went off. Uh, and this it was like somebody had press the wrong button in the control tower or something because there's big, big Tannoy speakers to get for public address
1: Yeah, 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 that's... Purpose, uh... pur-
0: purposes, so I thankfully didn't miss it and whipped out the old phone and got a few uh, minutes of that, but actually I just noticed there's a, Dolby have released something where it's voice message, voice, uh, voice notes on steroids uh, I think it's still free, it's called Dolby On Dolby On oh analyzes your voice notes. Uh it analyzes a little bit of silence before it and does amazing Dolby trickery and it, it sounds quite incredible. Even your supposedly crappy voice notes. Really? So I'm gonna start using I'm gonna start using Dolby on instead of my voice notes. That sounds cool. On. Yeah.
1: Cause so, so, yeah I uh, use well I use voice notes a lot. And I think I think you know most musicians if they're writing it they totally, probably yeah. do. You know
0: it's amazing. Yeah. But just the idea that it'll be sonically better and you might even be able to use it. Not that voice notes, you couldn't use them, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, on Dobby's part, that they're going to apply Dobby noise reduction and enhancement to voice notes because they realise everyone's using it. Yeah. So it's their version of it.
1: And, it, well, yeah. if it makes so, it all sound better, that's good.
0: So to, to to finish everything around me at the moment, I'm just going, yeah, Oh, that's interesting. That's in, I'm like a sponge. And it's like i am woken up like Rip Van Winkle, Winkle after 10 years going fuck, I love music again it's really weird yeah but it just happened and I can't really explain it. it I just needed time away from it to to you know absence make the heart grow fonder kind of thing um and I, like you mentioned earlier do it of my own accord and my own choice rather than it being a something that I feel I have to do
1: yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I'd say so it's, yeah it's, it's,
0: it's quite refreshing and I like everyone's saying you know oh god I'm so bored at home in this lockdown fucking no like this is the most productive i've ever been and uh bring it on
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely me me too uh, it's i, I mean as being a creative are... time <laughs> it's its a very strange time but,
0: but yeah we're we'll, somewhat hermetic in our in our chosen professions so it, it kind of suits us i think yeah it suits, being it suits the
1: introverted thinker of <laughs> tinkerers oh. and tinkers.
0: Um, yes, exactly, exactly. So
1: yeah, man, I really look forward to to hearing the fruits of the fruits of your labors.
0: Well, there's one called T- uh, "Tomorrow." It's just a song I came up with, and I deliberately didn't overthink it, and I might regret not overthinking it, uh, but I just wanted to go through the process of writing a song, recording it, getting a video made, and putting it out within a month. Cool. So. Uh, it's out tomorrow. A, a guy called Nathan Hughes. Shout out to Nathan. He did a great job on the video. He's a graphic designer and an artist himself. So he did well, a nice three D animated, spacey video. And um, yeah, and the song is called. Uh... <laughs> the song is called "We We We Are Not Alone." I never, and it sounds like you know "We Are the World" or something like that. But I, I, that's certainly not what I. Well, who knows? I'm not going to second guess what it is. Yeah. it just is. Well, but The point is, I put it out, and it's a nice feeling.
1: Excellent. Well, I look so, forward to hearing it, excellent. and uh, this will be out in a few weeks, so go listen to it. Anybody I'll
0: send you the link in the meantime.
1: So, yeah, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. My
0: pleasure. That was probably a lot of waffle.
2: You are listening to From the Maker to the Made Podcast.